Stay Ice Podcast. We can be followed on social media on Instagram as well as Twitter at Stay Ice Podcast. Catch up with us on all podcast channels, on all podcast outlets Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Google Play Music, Spotify. I think they're trying to put us up on Stitcher. Wherever you can catch a podcast, you should be able to find Stay Ice Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm back here with Jordan. What's going on, brother? Let's get this going. <laughs> First of all, me and Jordan want to send a shout out to a uh, special friend of ours. Uh, like, this is like a little brother to me, and he is literally cousin of Jordan. DJ <laughs> Nova. Yes, sir. DJ Kid Nova. Putting Doing together a fire mixtape. Yes. You need to go check it out. Anybody and everybody. Man on the Moon mixtape. First man ever. Experience, I believe it is. The yeah. Moon Man experience. You know what? I'm, right. th- I'm getting mixed up with Kid Cudi. Sorry. Moon Man experience. Exactly. Yeah. Kid Cudi and Jim Carrey movies. And- uh, yeah. I forgot about that. He sure did. Yeah, but Moon yeah. Man experience. I, I, I literally listened to it as soon as he sent it to me and uh it was pretty good i I love the flow i told myself i like the 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 nice blend of hype and and smooth beats and uh the way he kind of ended it off has a nice little little lunar eclipse type feel to it real good it flowed very well it flowed very well i enjoyed it i even uh enjoyed his inordinate uh, obsession with logic but hey you know a lot of people have that (laughs) i'm not really into hip-hop like i used to be but i will say from what i know logic is uh exactly that he's extremely talented individual uh very well-rounded when he when he when he does his thing so yeah i can see why yeah logic has some uh especially of late uh some really nice beats his latest album, from what I've heard of, I haven't completed the entire album, but his latest album uh, sounds pretty good. Okay. And getting good critical response. So, yeah, shout out to DJ Kid Nova. Yes, we sir. Go back ways, man. He, uh, he's literally like a little brother to me. He used to hang out with my little brother. So, uh, shout out there to him. Go. Yes, sir. I'm sure he would will, he will, he will definitely love the love, man. Yeah, we we uh touched base a little bit earlier today via social media, you know, gave him props for the mixtape and, and he felt the love and and responded. So we'll have him on one day. I know you were talking about it a couple of eps ago, but 
I will definitely get him on and talk about the mixtape. And I know he has a strong interest in sports in general, and especially Chicago area sports. Yeah, yeah. That, 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 that's, that's the plan. That's the plan. Get him on. Speaking of which, Uh-oh. you wanted to wish a very special farewell to a Chicago a Chicago athlete. Yes, well, I, yes. I use the word athlete very loosely. <laughs> oh, he's a uh, an associate of uh, a certain basketball team, uh, but now he has been waived. I, I just want to say, man, I got to give a shout out to Chicago's very own Cameron Payne, baby. Cameron Payne. I mean, thank you so much for everything that you have done for the city of Chicago that you have done for basketball. And, you know, it's amazing when, when a person can just do so many things. It's so talented that they can just juggle so many different things in their life. So now that he's done with the bulls, now he can focus on his true passion, which is going into the medical field and dealing with pain relief. Or maybe he wants to be a baker and he works at all bond pain. Or maybe he decides to be an artist and opens up his own business. And it's called Paintings by Pain. I don't care what he does from this point on. As long as he doesn't pick up another basketball, he can do whatever he wants. I may see him at the local McDonald's. But Cameron Payne better not enter United Center, the the, the whatever center, any, any arena with a floor or a court or a field. Do not come close. You should be banned. Thank you, Chicago Bulls. Guard packs, you finally got something right. Goodbye, good riddance, sayonara, and all that good stuff. Very strong feelings, Jordan. I know. It, it, it was from the heart. Got a lot of love for him. A lot of love. <laughs> I will admit that of all the basketball players I've seen in maybe the last 10 years, that campaign ranks near the bottom. Very creative handshaker. Very creative handshaker. He didn't even but bring that to Chicago. I don't even I don't know if that that may have been Russ's brainchild, those handshakes. We can't <laughs> yeah. even for those. <laughs> he didn't do anything. He just grew his hair out and started falling all over the court. In a little over a year being with the Bulls, he scored probably a total of 50 points. And one game was twenty eight, I think. So, yeah. You're being extremely generous right now. Yeah. He was he was bad at basketball, but I know you're celebrating his departure and things like that. Yeah. And you, you don't want him to ever step foot in the United Center or any stadium that the Bulls call home. Not at all. But I no. would not put it past this this extremely high-profile and intelligent front office regime to bring campaign back. Man, if they do that... You'll do nothing. I, You'll continue. I, no, no, you know, and, and look, look, I might just do something. Look, I know this is a, it's an empty threat, but man, I swear, I might just muster up the boldness to walk into the United Center and find Gar or Pax and run them over. I don't, I don't know. That, that's stupid. I told Step you about Derrick Rose. Huh? Step one would be an independent contract with the Windy City Bulls, so be on the lookout for that. 
All right. Okay. Can can we move on? I, I I don't even want to joke about this. Don't talk to me about any other potential campaign sightings. The campaign's over. The campaign is done. There's no more campaigns. You think I'm joking? Look, Look for man. a campaign to be on the Windy City Bulls at some point within the next month. This is why I said Derrick Rose needs to come back next year on a on a, a, totally a campaign. Give it to Derrick Rose. The two are totally unrelated. I don't care. Relate them. Campaign better not set foot in the United Center. As I mentioned in our last podcast, and if you're a faithful listener or if this is your first time listening, hit that subscribe button on whatever outlet you're using and catch up with us. We're about yeah. 35 episodes deep. Mm-hmm. Got a lot of catching up to do if you're just subscribing. But in our last podcast, I talked about why Derek... Why it might not be a good idea for Derek to come back here to the Windy City to play for the Bulls. Amen. While we're on the NBA, though, I'm not going to dive into the whole LeBron GOAT conversation because we've had this conversation before and it's been less than a year. So nothing's really changed. Not at all. Never will LeBron's be. Hubris, you know, was outspoken. But here's my thing. We the fan, and maybe it's because we live in a more instant society to where things aren't watched over a period of time and considered and warmed over and we have hot takes and quick takes. And needless to say, we too also are participants in that through our own personal views and with our friends and even through the podcast, hot takes, quick takes. But we live in an era where people quickly proclaim things the greatest or best thing you've ever seen after a very short period of time or before its course is completed. Now the whole LeBron thing uh, being the goat. Now that that has some validity to it because at this point, you know, LeBron is in that upper tier. So anyone that wants to spout that nonsense that LeBron is the goat out, you know, they they have a bit of an argument considering the resume. It's a futile and bad argument, but there's a bit of an argument there. But I'm hearing other things. Uh, Foremost of these things is, and it came from his own general manager, James Harden is the best offensive player maybe ever. James Harden is the best offensive player ever. Mm, Yeah, okay. Now, here's my argument against that. And you may share this view or, you know, if, if you don't, feel free I to chime in. Will. I, I probably will, but continue. James Harden has the privilege of playing in an NBA that is very, very, very slanted toward the offensive player. Absolutely. So I, I present unto you this. If you gave, we're not even going to go with Michael Jordan. We're not, we're not, we're not going to go there. We're not. We're not. If you gave Dominique Wilkins the ability to play in this era where he wouldn't be hand-checked or bodied up or or have to deal with the physicality or every time he was bumped, he could just throw his head back with the S-curl fade and, and get a foul call, you really think Dominique Wilkins couldn't put up the numbers that James Harden put up? Really think that? Absolutely. 
or or take someone uh, like maybe a Clyde Drexler. Oh yeah, you, you had a, you had a lot of guys back then who who were scorers. They were scorers, but they also had to deal with the bit more physical play and less lenient rules. The footwork that's allowed today. So where even in the rule book, certain things have been allowed as far as footwork that were not allowed then. The gather step, the extra step, things like that that are given to players now were not given to players other than Georgetown alums <laughs> in the previous era. So you take a, a, a Grant Hill who would have benefited from an extra step or, or you know an early D-Wade who would have benefited from an extra step and you allowed them to play with the rules and the freedom that players play today, I think it's very premature, very premature to say that James Harden is the greatest offensive player maybe ever. And that's, we haven't even talked about the fact that this is after really only two, maybe three strong offensive seasons. So you want to take, two or three strong offensive seasons and hold them up against the body of work of the all-time greats. The Wilt Chamberlains, who averaged, what, 50 points a game and 25 rebounds. The Pistol Pete Maraviches, who averaged in the 30s. The Michael Jordans, who over the course of a season averaged 38 points and still won Defensive Player of the Year. 37, 8, and 8. And still led the league in steals. Still over 100 blocks from the guard position. Still defensive player of the year. Still all defense first team. And for you to tell me that James Harden is the greatest offensive player maybe ever. Give Michael Jordan an extra step. And then come and talk to him. Yep. All I can say is I agree with you. I I mean, there's not really a whole lot. To discuss about this, I don't know who would even think that James Harden is the best offensive scorer ever. Uh, in my opinion, Kevin Durant is a better offensive scorer. Uh, but yeah, I, I completely agree with you. You're talking about players that are playing in a in a in a watered down version of what it means to play defense, and also hard nosed defense like that. We we we've get, gotten away from that generation. We've gotten away from that type of basketball because. There are so many things that 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 are called now, and the the rules have changed. That you know you can't hand check, you can't you can't body up a defender like you 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 might want to. Defense is not defense as it used to be. So you you can't sit up here and say that the the game is tailored to offense. I totally agree with you. James Harden is a beast, and yes, he's very good, and he probably could do a few things if if he was, you know. Coming up in the '90s, you know, in in the Jordan era and Charles Barkley and all those boys, but he would get knocked around a little bit. Let him come up in that in that paint with the little swim move he always does and trying to get a foul. Now you're gonna get smacked. You're gonna get that beard cut off. So so don't don't think it'll be sweet. So uh, yeah, we we can lay that 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 argument to rest. James Harden is not the even the best offensive player in the league now. And I, and I agree. I'm I'm not. I'm not going to be old man basketball and say that the players today couldn't succeed in the previous era. They could. Many of them could. Not all. Many of them could. Mm -hmm. But can you imagine 
if James Harden had to play against Gary Payton in the hand check era, hacking Gary Payton, where he got he got under you and he he analyzed and he took away that that left arm would have been inept when Gary Payton got done with him. Yeah, yeah. But hey, you know, different era, different era as far as basketball and different era as far as reaction to news and things and events and just more quick takes today. And and, and again, I, we're all guilty of it. We all adjust to the times in which we live for the most part as far as our reactions to things and our sensitivity to things. But let's, uh, let's pump the brakes on the James Harden being the gold of offensive players. Now, when you talk about greatness, Jordan... I happen to think that there is greatness in the city of Chicago that has embarked on Soldier Field this year. And I think it will be culminated in the big game, the Super Bowl. And in most part because of the Chicago Bears defense being the great thing that it is. The Chicago Bears closed out the regular season by dismantling the Minnesota Vikings dismantling the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Any thoughts on that, Jordan? Well, I, I, I'm I'm already ecstatic with just how naggy game plans from week to week. Here, here you have a rookie coach who, honestly, he could have thought about it, you know, uh, uh, many different ways. You know, do I? Rest my starters. Do I just let this game kind of go by? Seeing as we already kind of got the the leg up on how to play against Minnesota. And if we let them into the playoffs, they're going to come back to Soldier Field. Harsh environment, harsh crowd. Number one defense. Like, you know, I could wrap this up next week. No, he didn't do that. Nagy plays to win the game. And you hear that a lot in sports. But there are times where you do have teams that are great teams that, you know, if they need to, okay, let's just rest. Let's just wait until we actually need to turn it up a notch. Now, Nagy put his foot on the gas, and I, and I applaud him for that. I'm all for that all day, every day. You play in the moment. You win the game now. Get rid of them. And that also shows that you're not scared of anybody who, you, who you're, who you're going to probably play in the, in the, in the wildcard round because – now you have Philly, Super Bowl champs, yes, yeah, sure, but they're not the same Philly team as they were from last year. But now you're you're not giving the message that, oh, we're, 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 we're really trying to avoid them. Or we're, we're just trying to play the team that we know we can beat because Kirk Cousins is not worth the $84 million guaranteed contract because he's really not a, a good quarterback under pressure in the, in the key moments and in big games. No. You play the game that's in front of you. You play to win. I love it. They they dogged them from beginning to end. Mitch Trubisky was efficient. I love some of those deep passes. That's what I wanted to see more of. And again, like what we talked about from last week, I think that he's going to continue to to to, to hit his potential. And, and it's showing, you know, in little bits and pieces from week to week. Uh, there's a lot of things he still needs to work on. But overall, man, that game was excellent. And I, I applaud the attitude and and the the the, the momentum going into uh, Sunday against the Eagles. I appreciate Nagy not 
taking his foot off the gas. One, I think it's respect for your opponents and your other the other teams in the league. If they would have sat their players and Minnesota comes out and wins and maybe Philly doesn't get into the playoffs or some other team doesn't get into the playoffs, I think that shows a little bit of disrespect. Yeah, you got to look out for your team, but that shows a little bit of disrespect for the competitive balance of the league. But I don't think that was totally what was on his mind. I also think that he wanted to win the game, and that's what it boiled down to. He, he played and coached to win the game. And that defense, yeah. they came out, and even without uh, Bo Jack, they came out, man, and, and, and really showed up. Deion Bush, yeah. you hardly knew he wasn't there other than that pass interference. And they frustrated the Vikings. They had receivers arguing with each other. They had Cousins arguing with the receivers. Kirk Cousins, I, I thought that the step up from Case Keenum, I thought that the fact that he's better than Case Keenum, so by default, Minnesota should be better, right? I right. thought that that would bring true this year, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure I wasn't alone in that. But Kirk Cousins... It's, it's, it's uncanny how in the big games he can't seem to deliver. And I think the pressure is getting to him. We saw that on the sidelines when he was talking to Thielen, who, who Kirk was so adamant about, about that route that Thielen just kind of just was like, dude, just go ahead and say what you're going to say because you're wrong, but I'm going to let you just talk because you're so adamant about it. <laughs> his, his level of negative intensity was alarming. I thought I'm I'm positive this dude peed blood after the game. <laughs> peed blood. Yeah, he was pretty adamant. He, up and left. Up into the left. Up into the left. Oh. <laughs> he was fired up. He was when he was throwing incompletions, he almost exploded. It was it was just it was whew. Yeah. Unnecessary. That was some uh that was some frat boy intensity right there. Yeah, you weren't you weren't yelling at Laquan Treadwell. You were you were yelling at Adam Thielen. <laughs> God, no, no, he he knew who you was yelling at. Well, I get never mind. Yeah, I guess I guess that wouldn't fly. Maybe <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> if that was Laquan Treadwell, trust me, that conversation wouldn't have gone that far. This is true. I must admit. I, I guess I was thinking of the caliber of player. I didn't think about that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Laquan yeah. is in Southside Chicago. That that conversation wasn't gonna keep going. Yeah, it would have been wrapped up quick. Yeah, we gonna we gonna we gonna calm that noise, ain't we, fam? <laughs> <laughs> Aren't we, Kirk? <laughs> Aren't we, Kirk? <laughs> yeah, we gonna talk yeah. about this in the locker room, right? <laughs> Like you do realize, there are a, a bunch of cameras honed in on you. You you are the quarterback, so you know they're gonna follow you, right? You're having a bad game. You think they're not looking at what we're doing right now? Eighty six million dollars. Starting to not look good, man. Starting to not look good. All but guaranteed. All guaranteed. He's happy. He, you know, he's got a few more years left, man. He may he may deliver next year. You never know. But for now. The Bears are the NFC North champions, and despite our early season predictions, the Bears are the only team from the NFC North in the playoffs. I had the top three going, but the Bears rained out, and I'm perfectly fine with that. It feels good because 
not only are they all out, but the Bears are the main reason why they're out. The, the, the biggest reason why they're out. You eliminated they, Green Bay, and you eliminated Minnesota, and Detroit eliminated itself. So, there you go. Detroit should be eliminated. <laughs> Eviscerated. Just in general. <laughs> Just eliminate Detroit. They're not quite Cleveland. Oh, God. And footnote, Cleveland had a good year this year. Baker Mayfield is a real is the real deal. So wait, 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 no, stop, stop. Uh oh, stop. Did I say something wrong, Chris? Yes, you did. You cannot sit here and extol the virtues of Baker Mayfield and constantly shoot down Patrick Mahomes. Baker Mayfield is the best. Why? How do you know it's not the system? <laughs> I'm 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 totally joking. No, I don't think Baker Mayfield is is a world beater, but I think that he is. I'll put it like this: comparing him to all the other quarterbacks that has gone through Cleveland in I don't know how many how, how many years now, like five or six. He is the best one, and he's competent enough to to run a team. So he may be very good. You never know. He may be very good eventually. But but he had a good rookie season. Cleveland has thrown out stiffs for the past decade. Yeah. You know, I mean, Baker Mayfield, he, he may change the game. He may be a fixture in that position. One less spot for Cleveland to worry about for the next few years. The most important spot for the next few years. But no, you can't sit up here and extol the virtues of Baker Mayfield when you still have yet to give Patrick Mahomes the deserved props that he should receive. Hold on. First of all, don't try to bait me into this conversation again. We already ranted and raved last week. I already told you Pat Mahomes was on my fantasy team. I told you I actually do like for Pat Mahomes. I give him credit. He is a beast. He is a beast. I don't know what you what else you want me to say. He's not a generational talent. He has generational arm talent, but he's not the the type of player that you know, you can put on a just any old team and say, oh, now we got a Super Bowl squad. No. Okay, give me three quarterbacks that you could put on any team and you have a Super Bowl team. Oh God, here we go. Oh, you know, okay, I'll take it back. Let me let me let me let me let me simplify that a little bit more. And and so I so this can be a, a little bit more evened out argument. You can't it, there are only so many people that you can put on another team and they can make the playoffs. So I would say that would be Aaron Rodgers. I would say that would be Drew Brees. And also I would say that that would be Tom Brady. Each one of those quarterbacks have had systems designed around their talent. Absolutely. I agree. But even on other teams, they would thrive. Like, even if you want to dwindle it down to just Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers to me is somebody that will improve your team immensely. Because, because when Aaron Rodgers comes to your team, you ask Aaron Rodgers, what did you run in Green Bay? And you run it. You know what? That's a good point. That's a good argument. I won't, I won't even argue against that. That that actually makes a lot of sense. You know, if if you see him thrive in one, one style of play, why not just implement that or imitate that when he comes to your team? True. True enough. However, I will still stick to my guns when it comes to Pat Mahomes thriving like in different teams such as like what we talked about last week Baltimore and Buffalo and other area other other teams that just don't have talent the truth is you still need to put talent around talent in any sport to thrive that's anybody dude so 
the thing is, when you say he's a generational arm talent, I get that. But when you say generational arm talent, that implies that he's inaccurate, which he's not. No, that doesn't he's, imply he's he has arm talent, and he's accurate. Generational arm talent, like say Jay Cutler, has had spells of inaccuracy, spells of sporadic activity. Pat Mahomes hasn't really shown you that he's sporadic. Not only does he have the arm, he's throwing he's throwing beads. But you put words in my mouth. I never said that he he he's inaccurate. I never I never said that. That's what I'm implying. I'm just saying that when I compared him to Jay Cutler last week, I said that Jay Cutler has has had arm talent that was probably better than most quarterbacks, including Aaron Rodgers, because Jay Cutler had a cannon and he could he could try to throw that boy into tight windows. It was just his decision making. His IQ was poor very poor and his his leadership skills just was completely off the charts and going going the other direction not not off the charts in a good way but it, it, it i don't know it's just pat mahomes just doesn't it doesn't scream to me that hey i can put him on another team and he will just continue to do what he did this year you got to give props to the 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 uh, Kansas City Chiefs organization you got to give props to Mainly Andy Reid. Andy Reid made Alex Smith look very good. And then when Alex Smith left and went to a Washington Redskins team, he was mediocre. He was okay. But when he was with Kansas City, he did his thing. He was efficient. But the year last year before he left, he was throwing it down the field. Matter of fact, they I think they had a stat I just heard on the show that he was very, very good at throwing it down the field. And everybody knows Alex Smith is one of those nickel and dime type quarterbacks where he was going under, under throwing, under routes. He, he usually throws under routes, gets all the efficient passes out the way. He doesn't usually try to chance it by throwing it down the field all the time. That's partially because when he was with the 49ers, they had a phenomenal defense and they didn't want anybody losing the game for them. So they wanted Alex Smith to play it safe. But let's be real. You know good and well that was in he his niche anyway. He doesn't have the big arm, no. Right. He doesn't have the big arm, no. But at the same time, okay, so you say Alex Smith was efficient and successful in Kansas City. Even Didn't he make the Pro Bowl? So he made the Pro Bowl. Yeah. So you take what Alex Smith did last year to make the Pro Bowl for the Kansas City Chiefs, and he should be thanking Andy Reid and, and, and kneeling at the altar of Andy Reid for getting him that contract in Washington. But he'd be kissing his feet, yes. But so you take Alex Smith's great Pro Bowl season from last year, and then you add fifteen hundred yards and twenty touchdowns to it. Right, that's because Pat Mahomes is naturally more gifted than Alex Smith. They're not the same. So if Jay Cutler plays for Andy Reid, does he do the same thing? I actually would think he probably would. Jay Cutler would probably be way better than any of the other times in his career, including when he was a pro bowler on Denver and he had Brandon Marshall when he was younger. I don't. I think that if he had Tariq Hill and Travis Kelsey at his disposal and that he offensive line... He to the other team once a week. <laughs> but he would throw about five touchdowns because he would, he, would, he would bomb that boy down the field to Tyreek. Like, I, I just think that but Jay he, Cutler went... Uh-huh. When, you, when you get the chance, when you get the chance, the playoffs are coming. It's isolated football. Yeah. After this week, 
you get the chance to look at Kansas City. Just watch a Kansas City game. Watch how Pat Mahomes, yes, he does things on first read, but he also is very good at reading the field and taking what's there. Okay. Yeah, I've seen games. I, yeah. I, I, I've, I've watched Pat Mahomes in, in, uh, in action. I've, I've watched him a lot, actually, because he, like I told you, he's, he's on my, he was on my fantasy team for this week, for this uh, year. So I, I definitely watched him closely. I didn't see every game, obviously. But, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you on that. And I didn't think he would be this good. I mean, who did? But he's a very good quarterback. And he, he might be, in my opinion, the next one. It's just, he's good, man. He's good. We're not going to, we're not going to. Stop on that one. Yeah. Let's look at wild, let's look at continue to look at wild card weekend, and you know what? Let's let's make some picks. Let's let's see where we are going with this prediction. Right. So we'll uh we'll leave the Bears for last. Okay, and let's go with um let's go with Ravens Chargers first. Who do you have with that one? Maybe some analysis. Uh, you know what? I am, and I might be the only one in the world that is going to pick this. So, you know, I already know where I'm going with this Then obviously is I'm going to say, I, I, no, I, I feel that the chargers are going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore ekes out a win. Their defense is tenacious. Lamar Jackson is the truth. Uh, you, you can't contain him in the pocket because he's very good at rushing and getting away from, from pressure. Uh, then they have Gus Edwards, uh, who's a very uh, good power back. Picked him up early, late in the uh, season, and he did me good for a few weeks. They got a decent team, John Brown. They got a decent team. Uh, the experience, I think, is what will probably kill them and uh, eventually lead to the Chargers end up winning out. But... uh I wouldn't be surprised if this was a close game. So I'm kind of swaying my decision. I, I, I'm going to say Chargers. I, I, at first, I was going to say Baltimore. But I, I just wouldn't be surprised if Baltimore wins. Since this game has come up, I want to make a retraction. The last couple weeks, I know especially last week, but the last couple weeks, we've been saying San Diego Chargers, San Diego Chargers, San Diego Chargers. It's a force of habit. They are now the Los Angeles Chargers. They right. are the other the other LAC in town. <laughs> Not the Clippers, but the Chargers. Right. So we're sorry, Chargers, for calling you the San Diego Chargers. We know the players still want to be there, but Dean Spanos doesn't want you there. He wanted to be in LA so that yeah. no one could come to the games. We're sorry. My apologies. Los yeah. Angeles. The, the Stay House podcast apologizes to the city of Los Angeles and to the Chargers. <laughs> okay, now that that's out of the way, <laughs> can't imagine I'd ever have to apologize to Los Angeles. So, wow. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Ravens. And, and I, I agree with okay. you. I think okay. that this is going to be a back and forth affair. But you know how I feel about the Chargers. I think the Chargers are going to go all Chargers, and something's going to happen. Phillip Rivers is a great regular season quarterback, and he is the Kirk Cousins of playoff football. He's going to get into the playoffs. The Ravens' defense, as tenacious as it is, I believe is 
by a small margin, the second best defense in football. And we'll get to the best defense later. Yes. But they are tenacious, as you pointed out. They do get after the ball. They they rush to the ball carrier. Their only weakness is in the secondary, I think. And that's where the Chargers can exploit them. But I think the, the style of play right now that they're using with Lamar Jackson and Gus Edwards powering the football, playing a little old school football, power running, utilizing the feet of Lamar Jackson, timely passes and strong defense is going to get them out at least of the wild card round. I'm going to go with Baltimore on this one. So our second game that uh, we're going to go into is the Dallas Cowboys against the Seattle Seahawks. The Seattle Seahawks uh, got hot toward the end of the year. Early in the year, we were doubting them because they weren't looking that good, but they found a way to settle things down, went back to a a run-heavy attack, playing similar football to actually the way that Baltimore was playing, but you know they have Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson can obviously do a little more in the passing game. He's all-pro caliber at the quarterback position. Defense not as strong, but it is a, a, a solid defense that can make plays. And going up against the Dallas Cowboys team, where you've seen a little bit of growth this year from Dak Prescott, he's going out and winning some games on his own. And they're not as heavily reliant on Ezekiel Elliott and that offensive line to win games. But their defense, not a great defense, but they do get after the quarterback. And it makes Byron Jones look good. In the secondary, he's a solid corner, but I think that pass rush makes him look a little better. He doesn't have to cover as long. It's it's a tough call on this one, but I'm actually going to go with the Seahawks to win this game. What say you, Jordan? Uh, hmm. Wow, this is actually harder than I thought for a minute. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with them boys. I'm gonna go with them boys. I, I I think that Dak Prescott is going to be competent enough to uh, do what he has to do. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott I think is going to run uh, run wild and have a very good game. Uh, and Amari Cooper is going to have a very good game. So I, I will have to say the the real reason why I'm I'm Kind of leaning towards Dallas is that defense, that linebacking core really impressed me all year with uh, Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith. And, you know, you got those boys really working on a, on, on a different level. So uh, I think their defense is going to kind of carry them to, to, to get the W. All right. So we're both going with opposite teams in these first two matchups. We're finding there's a lot of really good defenses in this playoffs this year. Yeah, this year especially seems like it's a lot of good defenses in this playoffs. Yeah. Very interesting. That theme continues as two AFC South rival Lockhorns for the third time this year in our next matchup, the Indianapolis Colts and the Houston Texans. Jordan, what do you got? 
I got to give props to Indianapolis, man. The, the way they just closed out their season, really, really uh, on, a, on a hot streak. Uh, but I'm going to go with Houston. Houston uh, is consistent. You got Deshaun Watson. Of course, we, 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 we sang his praises a couple times on the podcast and uh, in our debate of quarterbacks uh, being taken that year. But Deshaun Watson, I think, is going to get the job done with uh, his rushing and also his passing. Uh, I think that defense also is very good. You got a healthy J.J. Watt who had a good year. Jadavian Clowney, you know, those guys are going to take care of business. I, I, I think it's going to be a good game, but I think Houston ekes it out. Hmm. Yet again, we stand on the opposite <laughs> side of the ledger here. Okay. Indianapolis Colts. One oh, wow. thing that, that we're seeing this year that we have not seen in ages is a good Indianapolis Colts defense. Like these dudes in the last few games during this run, even though Andrew Luck has been phenomenal in leading his team, I think they they what nine and two in their last eleven. They they were they were on the brink of of total failure for this season. They they've surged back behind Andrew Luck and that defense, man. They're running the ball fairly well, which is another thing that we've rarely seen from them. They're they're playing a brand of football that's sustaining. And when you have a quarterback like Andrew Luck who's come back and returned to his old self, they can pull out this game against Houston by playing good, solid defense, which is what they've been doing all year long. I love Houston. I love Deshaun Watson. I love D-Hop. That defensive line with Clowney. That defensive front with Clowney and Watt, very formidable. But I think we're going to have another close one. But Indianapolis is going to eke it out due to the the experienced quarterback play of Andrew Luck. He's seen this movie before. Hmm. Okay. All right. That's interesting. We're both on opposite sides of the ledger. So I I think with all three of these first matchups (laughs) – I think we kind of believe that they're going to all be close games. So Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And many are saying this is the best wild card weekend in a long time with these matchups, looking for good games on, on all four games, looking to be uh, solid matchups, exciting games, riveting games to keep you locked in, keep you tuned in. The NFL is probably going to make a lot of money this weekend. And even that early Saturday game, which is kind of like the throwaway game that nobody watches, where they usually put the Titans. Okay. <laughs> that's a watchable game because that's that's the Colts and the Texans. So, you know, looking for a great week of football, weekend of football on this wild card weekend. And now we get to the main course. The Chicago Bears entertain. The Philadelphia Eagles. Now, we're looking at a situation where you have Doug Peterson versus Matt Nagy, two former Reed assistants. They work together. They're good friends. You're looking at Kyle Long versus Chris Long. And Kyle Long has said some things and cracked some jokes, and Chris Long wasn't too happy about it, at least on the surface. They're probably laughing about it behind closed doors. Right. And... You have Alshon Jeffrey. Oh, enemy number one. Sean Jeffrey. 
Oh, Alshon Jeffrey. Chicago for Alshon Jeffrey wasn't the city he loved. It was a city he worked in. Yeah. Okay. And right. Philadelphia is the place he loves. Chicago was just where he worked. Now, Alshon, if I do recall, I believe Alshon Jeffrey in, what was it, four years here? Five years here? Averaged roughly 10 games a year and even missed one full season. Right? So one could hardly say he worked here since we're taking shots. It's okay. It's it's quite all right. Let him let him continue to to put his foot in his mouth because yeah. it's going to come back ten times harder. And I believe that the Bears are going to put his foot and their foot in his mouth um, <laughs> Sunday. So we double get dose of foot. Yep. The Chicago Bears defense is the best defense in football. They lead the league in three and out percentage. They lead the league after that Minnesota game and the. The pummeling they put on them, they lead the league in uh, points allowed per game. They're tied for third in the league in sacks. They're leading the league in interceptions and takeaways. This is the best defense in football. Um, They're, what, second in yards. Best defense in football, without a doubt, in my opinion. Absolutely. have... Nick Foles coming in, he's experienced. He won a Super Bowl for the Eagles last year, but he has bruised ribs, and they're saying that he's going to be okay, everything's fine. I believe that's just talk. I think he still may have a little discomfort, and once he takes that first hit in those ribs, that's sure to happen because the Chicago Bears are getting three-plus sacks a game. It's sure to happen. That's going to change the whole complexion of this game. And then the Bears have switched to a little more ball control down the stretch of this season. Um, the last few weeks, they've gone into more ball control, featuring Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. Jordan's starting to get his carries and find the holes, and Kyle Long is back. And I think that's going to play a factor, too. When you make Nick Foles sit over on that sideline, and he's sitting there and and getting stiff with those bruised ribs. He has to jump back up and get in the game after a nice long drive where you got a touchdown. I think that's yep. going to make a difference too. I'm going to go as far as the, we're going to pick a score for this game. I have the Bears winning, and I have the Bears winning by a score of 25 to 13. Okay. I, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Uh not the score, but I'm with you on the analysis of just how everything's going to go down. I think the Bears' defense is going to be uh, prepared. They're going to be ready. They're going to be hungry, as they always are. Like I told you earlier with Nagy, Nagy has implemented that that culture, that attitude of never, ever taking your foot off the gas. Winning every moment, every game, every week, and, and just being you. And this this whole team, especially the defense, has taken on their identity. So Alshon Jeffrey runs his mouth and just continues to give more ammo for whatever reason I think he thinks is funny. Uh, we'll see who's laughing on Sunday. And then, you know, uh, uh, the, the the offense I think is going to be very good. I think that run game is kind of amping up a little bit. 
There are people getting healthy. Cal Long coming back is is a, an extremely under the radar move for Jordan Howard and his ability to run the football. And it seems like he's getting his feet under him just a little bit more than he was in the in the, in the, the beginning of the season. So all things considered, I, I, I'm going to say Bears are going to score in the 20s. I'm going to say 24. Hey, I'm, I'm going to say 24-10. Same, same score as last week. Okay. Okay. Also, look for, look for one big pass play from Mitch. I don't think he's going to light the Eagles up, but I look for one big pass play from him because that – if you block that front line for the Eagles, that secondary can be had. So look for one big play from him. They're going to have to play a lot of zone because they're not great in man coverage. I'm looking for that. So uh, your Taylor Gabriel, your Allen Robinson, something like that, or Tariq Cohen uh, busting a wheel route on a linebacker, I'm looking for that to be the big play for the Bears. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you on that. So we're together, obviously, uh, on the pick for the Bears. Just as a recap, we both got the Bears. Jordan went with the Chargers. I went with the Ravens. Jordan went with the Texans. I went with the Colts. Jordan went with the Cowboys. I went with the Seahawks. Because I need the Seahawks to uh, go in New Orleans and handle some business. Okay. Not that the Bears do it, but I'd feel better if Seahawks did it. The Seahawks did it. Okay. Hey, I'm with you. If, if if that happens, you know, I'm all pro Bears. Whatever leads the Bears to the to the to the glory is is all I really care about. So hey. Just trying to get into the bands, man. Trying to get into the bands. That's right. Now that moves us on to the Beloved segment here at the Stay House Podcast. Beloved. Beloved. <laughs> I only use beloved because the word's beloved. I only use beloved when I'm talking about the Chicago Bears and the Grub Report. And today's Grub Report, I'm going to throw a little different spin. Not so totally different, but something I haven't done in a while, but I'm going to let Jordan have the floor as usual first on our grub report. Jordan, what you got? So, you know, I (laughs) felt bad about the whole putting dominoes out there as an option and suggestion. Chris tried to get on me. Huh? (laughs) Now you felt bad. Well, you 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 made me feel bad, man. You, you made it seem like I could I couldn't suggest it. You could. I just thought you. I mean, you don't. You you've gone to these uh, sushi places a Japanese, and then you come back when we had Domino's. I mean, you can't you can't do that. That being said, guess where I went yesterday for lunch. Uh oh! Wait, 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 Domino's? Absolutely. See, when you speak it into existence, now you're thinking about it, and then you went went ahead and went and got some pizza. Well, See? I told you, right there is right there next to me. It's it's literally four blocks away from me. So, I was coming home. I've been off for a few days, and I was coming home from making an errand. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna go ahead and, and grab this uh this garlic butter coated coated crust and uh 
have it as Domino's medium for five ninety nine. You know what was funny is I'm actually waiting on a Domino's order I already uh put through, and uh, I'm pl- I, I I have them delivering the pizza uh a little bit after we get done. So wow. uh, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little uh insane with the pizza right now. <laughs> Why did you order for delivery from Domino's? Because I'm in the middle of talking with my stay-ass brother, and I do not want to be interfered with. Okay, so here's the thing, right? You could have ordered this Domino's and said, hey, Chris, what do you think of the Colts versus the Texans? Going to pick up the Domino's and been back by the time I finish. I don't know if that's a slight again on how fast Domino <laughs> makes their pizza, but, <laughs> but I'm going to need you to stop throwing shade <laughs> at, at the delivery time and the time it takes to make the pizza. Okay. It's still delicious. By the time you dude, you're getting delivery. They're delaying your pizza by up to 40 minutes. I went to, when I went to Domino's yesterday, right? So I ordered yeah. my pizza and usually I use the app. And like I said, you use the app. And the pizza will be ready in half the time that they tell you. <laughs> so so I, I used the app. I didn't use the app this time, rather. And I went there yesterday. So I went in the store and said, I'm going to order it. Maybe go sit in the car, listen to some tunes. But no, <laughs> the lady is like, oh, yeah, it'll be done in, in less than 15 minutes. So I'm like, oh, bet. I'll just sit here and wait for it. Ten minutes. And the only reason it took 10 minutes is because four other people came in and ordered and occupied the girl that was going to box the pizza. Whatever, man. I, I, you know what? I ain't got time to hear your shade. Whatever. Just saying, man. Just saying. And it was hot. And the, and, the, and the garlic butter was poured nicely over the bread. It was good. I appreciated it. It was a good clutch pizza. For five ninety nine. Okay. Whatever no you say. They just make it really fast. So who do you got this week? Okay, so I'm I'm going back to a restaurant I uh actually suggested not too long ago, a few few uh, podcasts ago, but it's a different uh uh item on the menu that uh I, I happen to experiment uh, I tried. And uh, it turned out to be very, very good. So, you remember when I, uh, everybody listening, you remember when I said, okay, you know, I went to Bop and Grill and I got the Umami Burger. Then I got the local burger. Then, of course, I said, when I go back, I will go get the pizza burger. Well, I'm going to wait on that one. I I, I wasn't feeling getting a, a pizza burger, at least not today. I was trying to dominate. Whatever, man. Yeah, well, actually, no, that that actually might be the reason. <laughs> Maybe I was just pizzaed out uh, until just now. But uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm working in the same area. That's really another reason why I went back. I was working in the same area close to it. And uh, they have these things called bop plates. So they're not burgers. They're just plates. So sometimes the burgers are turned into like meals where it's everything except the bun. And then they may add a side to it. But this one bop plate. Man, it has everything. It's called Bibimbap. It's a crazy name. Don't ask me because I don't know where he got it from, but that's just the name of the of the of the, of the meal. Bibimbap. And 
Here's what's inside of that meal. You got two scoops of rice. You got assorted vegetables. You got this sweet and spicy Korean chili sauce. Very, very good to top over everything. You got another fried egg that he puts, just splats it down in the middle. Uh, Nori silvers, scallions, and sesame seeds. Uh, Today, they actually told me, because I called them early. I was in the the middle of of a job. And uh, they opened at 11. So it was like maybe 10.55 a.m. And I'm like, all right, I'm already preparing. Let me let me call them at like 11.05. So I'm sitting in my truck and I call him up and he's like, oh, yeah, we, we, we'll get that bibimbap to you fresh, you know. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm like probably one of the first guys that called the first order. So, you know, the food is fresh. Oh, and then he blesses me. He says, well, usually this doesn't come with meat. But for right now, you can add any meat that you want to this order for free. For free, Chris. For free. I said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. This is the best. So he he went down the list of chicken and and beef. And he said, okay, well, well, you have the choice of okogi beef. That's this Korean style type beef with sesame seed and some sweet Sauce on it. Oh, it, 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 that's what I eventually got. It, it, it was good. They had also an option of spicy chicken, some spicy Korean type chicken, uh, smoked chicken, and I forgot the other meat. But I, I end up choosing the Okogi beef. That beef, it's it's like short. It's it, it's a thin cut Korean beef uh, ribeye, and. When you mix that in with everything I just mentioned, oh my God, it is extremely good. Now, I will say there is one item in the in the plate that uh, maybe a lot, a lot of people may not be cool with eating. So I don't know if you want to just choose to take it out if that's an option. Usually it is. You know, they, you just tell them, hey, I don't want this. So there's something in it called uh, kimchi, which is uh, not uh, not kimchi, but it's it's pretty much like spoiled cabbage. So they 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 make this. And it's it's done on purpose. They 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 leave the cabbage and it's spoiled and it's mixed in with different Korean spices. And it, it tastes a little tangy, it tastes bitter, but honestly, it goes well with everything that's in that plate. But I of course it was kimchi. You know what it might be. I I might be just over overthinking it. It it probably is what, what kimchi is. That probably is what the what the meaning of it is. So so yeah, you got the spoiled cabbage. And that 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 really is what kind of throws people off. You know, uh, you know when you hear something that just doesn't sound right, you're like, nah, I ain't trying that. But when you actually try it, if you try it, fellow uh podcast uh listeners, I think you will like it. It, it it's not some crazy gamey type taste. It's just it's like it's like biting down into a pickle. It, 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 that that's the closest comparison I can I can make is it's like biting into a pickle with a few extra spices on it and and that's pretty much it it's 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 very good and then of course when you mix it in with all the other things that I mentioned with the rice the egg the sesame seeds the lettuce the the uh, the the uh, scallions the vegetables all that together is a very very good it, it it's fairly healthy obviously. But it's a very good flavor in your mouth. So try that out if you dare. Be bim bop. In case you want that Japanese flavor in your mouth. Be bim bop. Here comes the brand new flavor in your mouth. 
Wow. <laughs> Good selection, Jordan. I hope that uh, the listeners enjoy that. We'll see. So this is what I'm going to do. I don't have beef with the restaurant. I have beef with a restaurant. Is so, this actual beef or is this actual hatred? Not even hatred. It's it's a little shade that has that has to be thrown that they've brought up on themselves. Ah, uh oh. This place is White Castle. Oh no! What what you got yeah. against the, the the castle, man? I have nothing against White Castle. I went there for breakfast this morning. I went to uh, do some things to my car. So I was like, you know, don't have time to cook breakfast at home. I'll grab some while I'm out. I had to make some runs. So I went there for breakfast. This is the White Castle. Oh, yes. I'm putting you on blast. This is the White Castle in Hammond. It might even be closer to Highland. Right okay. off the expressway on Indianapolis Boulevard. The White Castle right there. It's right next to a Planet Fitness, an Aldi, and across the street from a Walmart and um, the sporting goods hunting people. What do they call themselves? Um, Cabela's? Cabela's. Yeah. So over in that area. So you got this White Castle standing over there. Now, I've been to this White Castle before, received spectacular food, all things considered, spectacular service from this White Castle. Okay. This morning was awful. <laughs> <laughs> awful. Okay. All right. What 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 happened, brother? So when I eat breakfast at White Castle, I tend to lean toward the chicken and waffle sandwich. Which, by the oh. way, yeah, stay out, podcast listeners, is pretty much heaven in a box. So I ordered. A couple of those I order, well, I ordered three because I, I was going to bring the kids home a, a breakfast sandwich because you know, wifey was sick. I wasn't feeling like cooking. So they were going to want some. And I wasn't going to just be completely rude and eat this sandwich in front of them. I've done it before, but I wasn't feeling it today. So I, I, I got a few chicken waffles and I got a, I knew my son might be a little sketchy on it. So I got him. A sausage egg on toast, which is good. White Castle does well with that. The real egg is is really the selling point, as opposed to other places where you're not so sure if it's real egg. <laughs> <laughs> so I come in there and I'm in line behind a guy. And they take forever to get to this guy. There's only three people there for breakfast, and they take forever to get to this guy. So the guy ends up seeing a, an individual. You know how older guys tend to sit in restaurants and just read the paper and, and yell at the window about things that aren't going right in and, and politics and sports. So that's what was happening. So this guy walks in. He runs into another guy that likes to yell at the window and, and things of that nature. So they start to talk. And this guy was in front of me, and it was taking so long that he was like, I'm just going to go over here and talk with my buddy. So the guy gives him a coupon, and he comes to get back in line. Now, they've told me, we'll be with you in a moment. And this was like, after that, it was like another four or five minutes that went by. So between them saying, we'll be with you in a moment, and actually coming to me or coming to the counter, 
the guy comes back. So I told him, I said, go ahead, get back in front. You were in front of me anyway. N- ain't nothing shook, nothing shaking. So you might as well just get your spot back and act like nothing happened. So it takes another few more minutes for them to come and, and offer service to him. So he orders while he's there. And the guy takes the order and just something didn't seem right about this guy. Like, like right. if there was a six pack, he had five of the cans. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, you know, the guy takes the order and fine. So they started to make the order. And then it's like two, three more minutes before they come to me. Then the manager comes in and she seems all flustered and frustrated and angry. I guess she was outside doing something, putting up an advertisement or something. She okay. comes in flustered and angry and and it's like she wants to help the situation, but she's really not helping it. So she comes in and, you know, the guy eventually comes back to the counter and takes my order. So I had to tell him my order three times in order for him to ring it properly. I tend to be a patient guy in the fast food industry because I know, you know, you're you're here for a reason. You know, you're working just like I do. Steaks are made. You know, mistakes are made. You know, I wouldn't want somebody harping over me if I made a simple mistake. But like I'm watching this crew and they are bumbling. It's like the three stooges are making breakfast. Right. So. So this is all going on. It's still taking forever, still taking forever. Then another lady behind me orders. So we all get our order in and that took about 15 minutes. So while we're waiting for them to cook our food, a guy comes in. And starts going off. And he's complaining that the food he ordered, he wants his money back. They did this, this, and the third to it, and the egg wasn't cooked properly. Now, usually when people come in and complain, I don't care. That's between you and the restaurant. Just make sure they don't mess my food up. Right. So I don't care. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, yeah, I don't, don't order that. They're going to do this. Yeah, yeah. As long as they don't do it to my food. But when he said they messing up and they've been messing up the last few times, especially on their eggs, I'm thinking to myself, I just ordered a sandwich with eggs on it. So now I'm on alert. But I should have stuck with my guns. I should have said, you know what, Chris? Yeah. Nothing. If it doesn't happen to you, it's no big deal. So the guy comes in and gets his money back. And he's kind of having words back and forth with the manager, and he's got to make his point. The manager's got to make her point, and on and on and on. Okay, oh well, moving on. So I finally get the food. Well, no, no. While they're cooking the food, I see a guy preparing an order for a family that came in just behind us that made an order. So the guy that took the order, he's taking the orders. He's he's going back. He's prepping orders. He has to throw some some sliders on the griddle here and there. And he's bringing the tray out for the family that ordered. They decided to dine in. So he's bringing the right. tray out. And he put so much food on the tray. And he proceeds to start dropping some of the food off the tray. So now I'm like, oh, mercy. So now he's doing this. So the fact that he has to now go and prep more food. To oh, my God. That he dropped. Is now going to push our food back. Food back. Yep. 
So at this point, I'm starting to get a little flustered. You know, some you're 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 encroaching on my fast food patience. <laughs> Your fast food uh, patience is running out fast. <laughs> the the bar is getting low. Right. So I finally get the food, and needless to say, because the gentleman came in and made the complaint about the egg, I'm now going through my bag before I walk out, checking every sandwich to make sure it was made to specifications. Now, in the end, in the end, mad props to the White Castle, the food was made. The sandwiches were good. My son didn't complain, and he's, he's a very picky eater, so apparently everything was suspect. But the fact that it took me 30 minutes to get four sandwiches was unreal. Are you in a You're getting your pizza, aren't you? Actually, I'm waiting on it right now. Yeah, it sounds like you're in a cave. Sounds like I'm in a what? A cave. <laughs> no, I'm not in a cave. That's, that's better. That's better. <laughs> so it was it was cool. The food was cool, White Castle, but the service was the pits. You gotta hire somebody else on that morning shift. When I went over there, it was nine o'clock AM, which is a time where people are gonna come in. Between, you know, yeah. 8, 9 o'clock, around pre-work hours for breakfast, and they're stopping over at the Walmart across the street. You got a lot going on, a lot bustling around you. You yeah. got to be better than that White Castle on Indianapolis Boulevard. You got to be better than that. Also, since we're talking White Castle, I want to put out this this little disclaimer. Now, there's a lot of fuss being made over this Impossible Burger, and it started at some restaurant somewhere. And and now White Castle kind of carries their own version of another restaurant. And it's basically a burger that has no meat. It's some sort of artificially contrived substance that makes meat. A hamburger is not a hamburger without beef. Okay? Yep. This impossible burger, and some people say it's good. I've tasted it. It doesn't, it's not disgusting, but I would never eat it because I can taste the difference. I can taste the difference. So, well, the crazy thing is I actually have had it. I've, I've, I've had that. It's, 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 no, it's, it's not, it's not good. It's okay. It's not good, though. Not, it's not a burger. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So here's my so all you people out there who eat the Impossible Burger and you do it with a straight face and then you want to look at me and say, no, 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 it, it, it tastes like a real burger. It doesn't. You you sit up and and I get it. Some people don't want to eat the red meat and it does this to you, it does that to you. So if you don't, if you can't or don't want to eat the red meat, don't destroy the concept of red meat things. Go ahead. Eat your vegetables. Sit in the corner. Eat your vegetables. Be miserable. Either eat the red meat and be happy or eat your vegetables and be miserable. Don't try to turn red meat things into vegetable things. 
the yeah, impossible. I agree with you. It's, it's, even when it's cooked, it doesn't hold together because it's, I don't know what it's made of. See, and, and my thing is this. The same people who eat the Impossible Burger were the same people who complained that there were wood chips and cheese at Walmart. <laughs> but you have no idea what's in this Impossible Burger. Ask somebody what's in the Impossible Burger. They can't tell you. No, I, I don't know either. I just tried it. Yeah, it could be the exa- exact same wood chips that are in the wall that used to be in the Walmart cheese. So, like, like, a lot of these vegetarian things, like the veggie burgers, you can open the burger, look, you can see all the veggies and stuff are in it. But with some of these burgers, it's like, it looks like meat, and it's supposed to have the texture of meat. It's supposed to taste like meat. So what is it? Hmm. No one can tell you. No one can tell you. I've even seen some of these burgers, man, and I'm positive. I'm positive they have carbs. So, I mean, if you want to eat the Impossible Burger, go ahead. I'm not... I'm not going to kill anybody's desire to eat the Impossible Burger, but do me a favor. Don't try to push the Impossible Burger off on me because that's... Oh, I tried it once and I won't recommend it at all. That's not happening. Yeah, it's not a burger. So there's my uh, White Castle story for the Grub Report. Um, I don't have a great new restaurant to give you. I went to White Castle today, so you're going to get that experience. And that experience was not good. Do better... White Castle, Indianapolis Boulevard. You can't win them all. And my uh, streak of not going to White Castle, not not White Castle, my streak of not going to Dunkin' Donuts continues. I will not patronize that place until they bring about a reasonable reasonable menu once again. Chris has spoken. (laughs) Chris has spoken. So apparently Jordan has now retrieved his Domino's pizza. I have not actually. I'm still waiting on uh, apparently someone named Kyle is going to drop it off. And I am currently looking out of the blinds and I see nothing. So still patiently waiting for my pan pizza. We've done an entire podcast over an hour and you have not received a Domino's pizza that takes six minutes to make. Hey, I don't know about you, okay, but but they 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 make minds to perfection, okay? They do minds with love, brother. It's a real pizza when they make it for me. Okay, eight minutes. There you go. See, up that minute, up that time a little bit. Now we're talking. Now you still have to ask old Kyle about the remaining 52 minutes that it took him to do. <laughs> I think somebody got hungry in there and they had to remake it. <laughs> Kyle had to bust that sleeve open and take out your hot pizza and start eating it. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's all right. I'm still waiting. Now, you know what? I actually, I had, I had, pl- I had scheduled it for a later a uh, time for delivery. That's why I ordered it an hour ago, but I scheduled it for like eleven forty-five, so it could get here, you know, at a at a at a better time. So it was, yeah, it was still ready after eight minutes. Come on, man, don't tell me that. I don't need them just putting it in the oven and and making sure it stays warm. Don't tell me that. So what do you want them to do? I want them to make it right at eleven thirty, and then. Send it to me hot and fresh, brother. That's what the sleeve pouch is for. Did you know that you can buy the, your sleeve pouch from Domino's now? 
Really? Yeah, they offer them. So they're like six or seven dollars. You can get the sleeve patch. I imagine they come in handy for like Uber drivers and DoorDash drivers. But mm. you can buy the sleeve. So that way, if you want to torture yourself and your family by ordering more than three Domino's pizzas, you can slide them into the sleeve and they'll be just as hot when you get home due to the inside out chemical aluminum foil on the inside. Well, <laughs> there it is. So just just a little a little thought in case you are a a consistent Domino's consumer, you can go and grab that, that hot and ready sleeve. I think Jordan's interest is right now. Getting that hot and ready sleeve and just having a field day, just shoving that pizza in that sleeve. You can feel like a real life pizza delivery guy. So what now that received his Domino's pizza from Kyle, we're going to yes. call it an episode. I'd like to thank you, the Stay Out Podcast listener, for joining us once again. Again, follow us Instagram, Twitter, at Stay Out Podcast. Subscribe to the podcast. Google, yes, podcast. Sir. Google Play Music, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Stitcher, mm-hmm. wherever you can find a podcast, wherever you can do a search, we're there. Find us, subscribe to us, whatever portal you use. All right. Chris, I'm going to speak for Jordan. He's face deep in dominoes. I'm, hey, man, I'm Dave. I'm hungry. Like Jonathan Hood. So we're. <laughs> Appreciate you guys. I'll let you next time. Owe me back like you owe your tax. 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 Like you owe your tax, owe me back 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 like you owe your tax, owe me back